Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It's been a while yeah. since uh, I've been shut out like that, obviously. Uh, it's not very much fun. Fantasy owners aren't too happy with me, but, uh, you know, Eagles fans, uh, we got the win, and that's, that's what we care about. Do you hear a lot of that? Uh, with fantasy owners? Yeah, they weren't too happy with me. Uh, they, people were yelling at me about stuff like that, but, you know, I don't really care about that. I have myself on fantasy. I didn't win, probably because of myself. So, uh, you know, move on to next week. Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard didn't make anything happen on Sunday, but the Eagles did. That's all that really matters. Fantasy is just a footnote, a subplot. It's all about who wins the games. Players get caught up in it because their social media gets filled with it. They hear about it from family and friends. Everybody wants to know how many touches, how many yards, how many targets, how many touchdowns, all the other acronyms and cliches of fantasy football. And it's been around for so long now. It's just baked into the game. This shirt has been around. Longer than fantasy football. Well, we know that. that. That duh. Thank you for this that. Is, duh. I mean, would you have that in Pee Wee? Did is, you have Pee Wee football jersey broke out today? What is that over there? Hey, it fits me. <laughs> My mother bought this for me for Christmas in 1987. That was the year that the Vikings, because they had no plan for the strike, barely got into the playoffs, right. backed in when the Cardinals upset the Cowboys or the Cowboys upset the Cardinals. Whatever it was, whatever outcome needed to happen that week right. happened that week yes, after the did. Vikings had lost a Saturday game to Washington. Vikings get in with like an 8-7 eight, seven, eight seven record or something, something like that because like there was one game that was yeah. wiped out due to the strike. And they beat the Saints, who were great that year. They beat the 49ers, beat who the were 49ers. the presumptive Super Bowl champions that year. And then they lost to Washington in the – conference championship round. Yeah, that was, that was 36 uh, long crazy. years ago. And I'm wearing this because obviously the Vikings will be in Philly tonight wearing their white jerseys, not these beautiful throwbacks that they should embrace, but the Nike-fied, <laughs> bastardized numbers and swooshes and all that shit. Sorry. But but <laughs> there goes the Nike sponsorship. But I'm, I'm going to enjoy it, as I told you before the show. 
I'm going to enjoy it up until kickoff. Because the moment the game starts, it's night-night Vikings. It's bye-bye 2023. It's 0-2 with 0-3 coming down the tracks as the Chargers come to town week three. So I'm just going to enjoy the last 13 hours of thinking the Vikings could be halfway decent this year until we all realize tonight that it's just not in the cards. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So what number you got on there? What 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 is that? I can't see it totally. It's 30 what? What is 32. it? 32. 32? 32. And nobody was 32 in 1987, right? Nobody. Or, right, right. Nobody. Okay. And that is not an officially NFL licensed apparel either, I don't think. Uh, but but it's got the right no, colors. It's, it's got it the... Is it is. It's got the little patch it's on there. It's got the... Oh, it... NFL officially licensed product. Wow, it is. Yes. Okay, I wasn't they sure. They didn't have, they I didn't know that. have the thing at the nape of the neck. I know that. Is it yep. the nape? Where's the nape of the neck? I they don't know. They didn't have the thing here right. uh, at the bottom of the jersey back in 87. Here's what happened. Later. Here's how it was yeah. in 1987, yeah. kids. Here's how, here's how it went. There was no way to find stuff like this. There was no way to find it. You just had to get lucky. And there just so happened to be one of these hanging on a, 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 a hanger. <laughs> on one of those big round racks on a with jerseys on it. <laughs> hanging on a hanger. Back on hanging his on day. A, what is that thing? A hanger. <laughs> yeah. Play that piano, baby. <laughs> Sing us a song, you piano man. So, uh, and and it's all Steelers and maybe some Browns where I grew up. Maybe right. some Browns, but the Browns were never all that good. So it was Steelers, Steelers, Steelers. Everywhere you look, Steelers, Steelers, Steelers. So for my mother to find this at a store was a big deal. It was a big deal. You couldn't just pick up your phone and say, "Hey, I want to, you know, I want a Cardinals jersey." Yeah, I know, Ooh, I know. Cardinals jersey shows up tomorrow. Right. It was, it was, a, it was, it was a challenge. And and your only alternative would be the Sears catalog. But you know, Sears didn't always have every team. They had select teams, yes, i.e., right. the ones people gave a damn about. And when you ordered it, it did not show up the next day. Sometimes it did not show up for a while. Allow four to six Three weeks, weeks for delivery four was weeks, usually exactly. the message back in those days. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How hard was it to process an order and send it out? But a part of it was they they waited for your envelope in the mail to arrive That's with a right. check in it. Which they deposited the check. They waited days. for it to clear. Right. Yeah. And then they told their people to to start making the shirt. And uh, well, then they had to fill out, out the paperwork, right? That had like the three other sheets underneath it, right? There was like the paperwork <laughs> that had the yellow copy and then the pink copy beneath it. And it all had to write on top so it imprinted on there. And then they had to drag that thing across it to make it a receipt. <laughs> And then, then they probably processed your order. So, yeah, it, it is hilarious when you think about what we did not that long ago and how much the, you know, the world has changed. Uh, I remember that 87 run by your Vikings football team. It was, it was, it was fun. Oh, I'm was. sure you were on board because they, were, they beat the 49ers, the well, team that you hated more than any other. No doubt. I mean, really, you know, that was a crazy little time, actually, when you think about the 49ers. That was that was really that game was the jump off to maybe we should make Steve Young the quarterback, right? And that's where it became an issue a little going into the 1988 season. And Steve Young, he he started week 2 when they went up and played the New York Giants in 1988. Bill Walsh, right? Montana had the back injury in 85ish somewhere in there. They had lost to the Giants in the playoffs in 85, lost to the Giants in the playoffs in 86. Were the best team in the strike year and then lose in that first round like you're talking about. And I think Bill Walsh thought, man, maybe this is coming to an end for Joe Montana. And, and of course, it wasn't. Uh, he proved everybody wrong. But it they was- put 
They they, they put Steve, Steve Young, Young in that, in that game. game. That's the famous run, and right. he was great. Right, exactly, exactly. No, it's not. It's not. It's not the famous run. That oh, was that's 19, 88, 88. 88. That was the next season. year. That's yeah. right. I got it. They played each other. But two he years came in. Row, in yeah, he came in and he played well. Right. in that game, almost enough that as I sat there in this jersey because they were wearing white for their their playoff run at New Orleans, at San Francisco, as I sat in front of the old Zenith TV with the bubble front that you had to kind of squint to see what was going on because HD was like, what's HD? Is that some disease? So, uh, yeah, Steve Young comes in, and I remember being kind of nervous in the second half. I thought the thing was over. And uh, Steve Young played very well and gave them something to think about for 1988. Yeah, so, that's crazy. Uh, it, it ultimately was still Steve, uh, Joe Montana, but yeah, that was. But Montana got benched. I, I remember the Vikings were double-digit underdogs for that game, and Montana got benched. Reggie Rutland, who would change his name later to Najee Mustafa, had a pick six. That was the moment. It was like holy crap. And Anthony Carter. I've got the Sports Illustrated down in my That's office right. of him. Had a big catch. I think it was returning a punt yeah, maybe or had that. a catch and run or yeah, something like that. Right. And if you go back and watch that game, if you watch that game on YouTube, he gets blown up like on the first drive of the game. I mean blown up to the <laughs> point where today that would have been it. It would have gotten him off the field. They wouldn't have let him back in. Yeah. He got destroyed. And he was like 5'10 in all legs. He was all so legs. So I, I, yes. I did, that's one of the things I think of when I recall how brutal the game was back then. And we didn't think anything of it. He got blown up and Pat Summer on John Madden just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. move yeah. on to the next play. Yeah, Nobody right. said boo. No. He got destroyed. <laughs> and it was the old jump up and smile. Yeah. That's what receivers used to do. Right. How, what, do you, what else you got? Hit me hard. I jump up and smile yeah. and uh, act like it didn't bother me while I'm trying to figure out where the hell I am. Yeah, so that's uh, right. we're here on PFT Live, Sirius XM85, Peacock, back to tape delay on on Sky Sports for reasons that we don't either know or really care about because I think people there prefer coming home and watching the show in the 6 to 8 o'clock window, sort of prime time. They can wait uh, they don't need to see it at lunchtime. I really did get complaints once we were live for like four days. Yeah. It was disrupting people. Sorry, we're team, better so in prime time. We're made for a prime time audience. And then our mouth is probably better in prime time, too, with all our swear words. It's probably a little easier to digest, you know, around then than, than early in the morning or anything like that. By the way, yeah. by the way, there what? was a number 32 on the 1987 I see that. His name right. is Steve Harris. Yeah. He was an undrafted free agent back when they had 12 rounds out of northern Iowa. That's Kurt Warner's school. Four carries for two receptions, or four carries and two receptions, excuse me, for 20 total yards. And he also had a fumble recovery that season, so he's probably like a special teams guy. I didn't remember a 32. They've never had a really good 32 in Minnesota. Yeah, I don't never, remember ever. one. Uh, right. They've got Ty Chandler now, who is the kind of backup alternate to Alexander Madison. Well, now we know why 32 was hanging on that hanger, on that rack thing. <laughs> Steve Harris. <laughs> Go Steve Harris. Uh, and there's no name on the back either. That's what yeah, it's just no, it's 32. Like 32 32 was just standard there number for a, for Jersey back then. It was like, yeah, Jim Brown wore it. 12 he was and 32. Great. Let's just make it 32. Hey, right. <laughs> Jim Brown, Franco Harris, 32 was a big deal then. 32 and 12 were the two big football numbers back in the, in the late 80s. Okay. Uh, 12, something that Aaron Rodgers did not wear this year out of respect for Joe Namath, which was a smart move by him, wearing number eight. He posted something yesterday on social media, Chris, just a couple of days after suffering the torn Achilles tendon that will wipe him out for all of the 2023 season. 
And the money line is this. The night is darkest before the dawn. I shall rise yet again, which tells me he intends to play next year. Now, who knows what decisions he'll make or not make between now and week one of the 2024 season. But in the aftermath of this injury, what I read from that post is he will be back in 2024. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think if you made me put down money, bet on it, I'd bet that Aaron Rodgers comes back as well. Uh, I mean, first off, I think he's very prideful in the fact of, like we talked about Tuesday, that, hey, this is, is this really going to be the, the lasting image he wants to go out on in his NFL career and have this kind of imprinted in all the fans' brains that that was, you know, the last thing you remember? I don't think he's going to want to do that. I just think as a competitor as it, by itself, he's not going to want to go down like that. There's the money on top of that, like we talked about a little bit, the money that will be given or forfeited if he just retires. I don't care who you are. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not easy to walk. He's rich, yeah, to walk away from $50 million? I mean, come on. Elon Musk wouldn't walk away from $50 million. So, you know, that, that, that's, that's, that's huge money. So I think when you add all of that up, and then you also add into the fact that this team, primarily super talented like we've talked about, it looks like it should be basically intact next year. They're, they're young. They're just coming up the ranks right here. They've just built something. You know, that's why Rodgers was so great. So from all those reasons, uh, yeah, I would expect them to be back as well. I, I do, and, uh, you know, I, I hope to see it. it just, it's going to be a struggle and a journey, as we know, at age 40, dealing with that kind of injury. He, he took a, what was it, like a $13 million? No, $35 million. 35, yeah. $35 right. million dollars less than he was due to make. Right. He got $36 million this year. He's due to make $38 million next year. So the way it was split up, it created the very real incentive to play two years, not one. So he's getting 74 over two. He was supposed to get 105, 106, something like that. 108. Yeah, 108, 109 over two. So took the big haircut and would reduce that 108 all the way down to 36 if he would retire. So I, I think he will be back. And like you said, he doesn't want that to be the way his career ends. That's not the way no. he wants to go out with that that weird, bizarre, runs out with the flag and then four snaps into the game. He's done and he's never seen again. Here's Robert Sala, coach of the Jets from yesterday, on whether he has discussed the future with Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I haven't gone that, down that road with him. Um, I mean, I'd be shocked if he's if this is the way he's going to go out. But uh, But at the same time, for him... Uh, he's got, he's working through a whole lot of headspace, uh, things that he needs to deal with. And, uh, that will be the last thing I talked to him about. Okay. I got two points to make. One is an old one and the other one is a new one. Okay. Point one. Right. I think their effort to find another quarterback is complicated by the question of whether and to what extent Aaron Rodgers is going to be around and involved the rest of the season, because he's an established personality. Who will be, if he's going to be around, meeting rooms, locker room, sideline. You bring in somebody else, whoever it may be, you have to factor in how that personality will or won't mesh with Aaron Rodgers. That's a real factor here, even if Rodgers is never going to play, because Rodgers is still the alpha. Rodgers is in charge. Rodgers is the guy who's trying to coax the most out of Zach Wilson. That's his pet project. Let's get the most out of Zach Wilson. So if they would bring in a Matt Ryan... Carson Wentz, Philip Rivers, 
whoever. I had somebody suggest Drew Brees the other day. Whoever, whoever, that new quarterback Aaron Rodgers dynamic has to be taken into account because it's important that they get along. And it's important that the new quarterback doesn't try to come in and be the alpha over Rodgers, who can't do anything about it because he's not playing. It's just a weird situation. That's why another reason why I think it's better to just say, Zach is our guy. Let's get someone to be the backup, the true backup, not a competitor, not a veteran with name recognition, somebody who just comes in to give us another name on the depth chart. So I I think that's the smart play, given this possibility is going to be around. Second point. Okay, all right. Let me comment off off of that first. Back to that Yeah, right. right. Let me comment off of that. I, I, I hear you. They got to keep that in mind. There's a future here. You know, also, I think within that, like trying to figure out somebody that makes sense for Zach Wilson and to the same point, not too strong, you know, not going to be overbearing that way. But like the, the, the back with the Rogers thing there, you know, I, who, who's going to really do that? Who, who is it? None of those names are going to come in there and out alpha Aaron Rodgers or anybody. I mean, first off, they all those guys know who the king, one of the kings of like football history is. It's Aaron Rodgers. So I, I don't think he's going to have that issue with any of those guys, especially because all those guys you mentioned, they can't play anymore. I mean, they can be on a team, but like playing good. No, it's just not going to happen. And Rodgers, as we saw just enough in training camp and just a little bit in the preseason, he's still got game. So I, you know, I don't know if there's anybody out there other than Tom Brady, right. Who could mess up that balance too egregiously to where it would maybe screw up with Rodgers. Now, now Zach Wilson. Okay. Maybe that has to be watched a little bit. That, that would be my two cents there, Mike, but yeah, there is a future nonetheless with Rodgers that has to be taken into account here and who you want in the building and for how long and where it's all going to go. Yes. Around any corner within every battle and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected The unpredictable and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, but part of that, too, is Rogers is going to have opinions, presumably, on any of the names that they might bring in. What if he doesn't like Carson Wentz? He's heard a lot of stuff about Carson Wentz, doesn't like Carson Wentz, doesn't want Carson Wentz. He doesn't want him. The team thinks maybe that's the guy we should bring in. That's where it gets weird. 
where they've given Aaron Rodgers so much power and control, but he's not playing this year. So how much do you factor his wishes into what you do, knowing that you want him to come back next year? It's just a dynamic that is very real and very unusual. I don't think we've ever seen something like this, where we need to be sensitive to Aaron Rodgers' preferences and wishes because they want him to play next year. They don't want him to sour. They want the honeymoon to stay intact. They're just going to put a pin in it until 2024. Here's the other point. And this is a hell of a what if. But I hadn't thought of it. And I think it's a thread we at least need to to pull a little bit. What if the Jets are good this year? What if Zach Wilson yeah. is good this year? Yeah, I hit on what this on my Zach podcast Wilson becomes yesterday. Right. The guy. Yeah. What if he becomes the guy that they've hoped for him to be? What the hell do they do next year after Wilson starts 16 regular season games? wins the Bills game off the bench under the worst possible circumstances. They get to the playoffs. What if they get to the playoffs and have success there with Zach Wilson? What the hell do you do in 2024? Oh, that's a good problem to have. No, it's not. That's a problem. That's a real problem to have. The only good problem is no problem. And if you have to pause, if you have to hesitate, if you have to think at all about what you're going to do in 2024, you got a problem. Because good luck getting Zach Wilson to go back to the bench for 2024 if he becomes really good this year. Now, you know what they would do? I think they would just have to trade him. They'd have to trade him because he'd have trade value if that all happens. If everything I said happens, he has trade value, and you send him to somebody else, and you say, good luck and Godspeed. And we'll just have a different Man, plan post. You're gonna, you're gonna trade. You're gonna but trade. But screwed. But you're gonna. Tra- that's what I mean. Screwed. You're gonna trade a guy who you drafted at number two, who has a good year. That you're saying, okay, I know this is all just know. you know hearsay. Going to the playoffs, and he could be your guy for ten years. Not hearsay. Yeah, or whatever, whatever. We got it. It's all speculation. Okay, then he goes. It's just some lawyer term. Yeah, but then so then he Cease goes to the playoffs and. We're going to get rid of the guy who could be our starting quarterback for 10 years for a guy that's only here one year. I, I don't know. I, if that I know. scenario unfolds I like know. that, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the one that gets traded. Honestly, I, that's what would be my sense in my two cents. Like if the it, Vikings, the Vikings. <laughs> sure. Maybe. I, I mean, but that's kind of how I would view it. If, if I wouldn't, if I saw Zach Wilson have a great year and I'm the New York jets ownership in the front office and he plays well, and they go to the playoffs, and he looks good in the playoffs, I, I would be going, wait, we're, we're good. We got the future. That, that's it. We're, we're locked up at quarterback here for a while. We're, we're going to throw it away for a guy for one year, 41 years old, coming off an Achilles? No, I think it would be the opposite. I think if that scenario did happen, right, I think that it would be more of, no, I think we're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, we're, where would you like to go and play quarterback next year? Because – you know, hey, you're smart. You see what happened here. This is it's a tough situation. We're going to go with the young guy. Crazy. This isn't unprecedented. Yeah. yeah. This isn't unprecedented. It happened seven years ago in Dallas. Yeah. It did. Exactly right. Tony Romo. Exactly back injury. Right. Right. Dak Prescott plays great. It became, remember there was a press conference like November or so where yeah. Tony Romo basically surrendered the job to Dak Prescott right. and that's it. Now, right. he never played again, but... If Rodgers intends to play again, the night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. If, if, if he means that, 
And, and look, there's a hell of an if underpinning this entire point, but we would be foolish yeah. in not doing our job if we ignore it. If Zach Wilson becomes the guy that they thought he was going to be when they used the second overall pick and they won the other night against the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, when Zach Wilson had no opportunity to really appreciate or understand, you told me that on Tuesday, like yeah. you, you have your own experience, you're on the sideline and you're talking to people and you're all of a sudden it's like, oh crap, I got to go play. And Zach Wilson won that game. I, I just, man, that's a hell of an angle. And I think the Jets will know if Wilson does enough that they have to keep him. But God, I, I now look, ideally you convince him to go back on the bench for a year. Yeah, and maybe would, he will. I he didn't jostle to get out last year after they were apparently done with him. Yeah. But, but that wasn't – we're, we're saying playing, he having a good well. year and going to playoffs, that's a different mindset to what you started off with. Yeah. He's going to be like, what? No, no, yeah. no. I'm kind of the man. I, did you see our schedule this year? We went to the playoffs. I was the quarterback, right? I mean, that, that, that would be different than last year where, you know, his only options were sit, sit in the back row and listen to what they tell you or, you know, go, I don't want to be here anymore and get traded this would be different and I, he would have some power here in this situation. So, I mean, listen, it's an interesting angle. It's something certainly I have thought about as well that, you know, where does this go, you know, with a lot of different scenarios as far as Zach Wilson's play and all of that, you know, but that's probably the most interesting one, you know, altogether right there. If he plays good, you know, what do they do after that? And we know how quickly the fans will embrace a guy like this. And this is this is this is grist for the New York Jets fan base mill. The idea that it's a guy that they loved and they hated and they loved and they hated. And now if this season goes well, and again, that's a big if. Yeah. But if they play well, if they win games, if they become contenders, they're gonna love them some Zach Wilson. And so how are they gonna feel about Zach Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers after the season ends? It it's it's premature until we see how the season plays out, but it's something to at least think about. Because Unless they plan to concede, unless they plan to accept their fate and start planning for 2024 now, assuming they're going to go out and try to win the games, if that effort is successful, they got an issue. They got a problem. And it makes our business more compelling and more intriguing because it gives us some interesting things to talk about and watch as they unfold. But with every victory... If every victory, starting potentially this weekend, if they could go down and physically oh, smack what? the Cowboys in the mouth what? And, yep. and show them that the other team from New York is not going to be a pushover. Yeah. And if they would steal that one, holy crap, that changes everything. No, no, so, no, no question. Uh, it's just something to, it's something to think about. Something yeah. to have some fun with. Yeah, um, no, I hear you. And, may, and maybe, maybe, Chris, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know who would want to trade for Aaron Rodgers coming off of the torn Achilles, but to track the Brett Favre career arc, it would be a trade to Minnesota, who may be looking for a quarterback. Yeah, it could be. I think we'll be, be looking for a right, quarterback right. when this season ends. Yeah, so, no, it is. It's the next funny. data point. The next data point comes tonight. I'm trying to transition. Gotcha. To the other topic to discuss in segment one. Vikings at Eagles, the first Thursday night football game of the year because last night really wasn't a Thursday night game. This is the first short week Thursday, last week, excuse me. This is the first short week Thursday night game. Vikings at Eagles on Amazon. Um, We'll talk plenty about Kirk Cousins. One of the issues from last year when these two teams met on a Monday night, the extent to which Darius Slay shut down Justin Jefferson. Here's both of them on 
this effort, this opportunity for Jefferson to turn the tables from what happened last year. Have a listen. I mean, it's always going to be a great battle uh, uh, with the, the top corners in the league. I'm always excited to, to have those type of matchups. Uh, but uh, definitely, you know, we, we, we have some, some things we got to get back on, on them on. You know, just having the loss last year, just not, uh, you know, not having those plays that we wanted last year. Uh, so it, it's, it's definitely, you know, some, some tension going into the game. He's an amazing player, man. It's a tough task, man. Uh, it, like I say, it takes the whole defense to stop a guy like that. Cause, you know, high energy guy, you know, great at the catch, uh, you know, full goal speed. So, uh, yeah, man, it's going to take always a team effort to you know, stop a guy like that. Look, we'll see what happens. We'll see they have drawn up to try to get Justin Jefferson open. Uh, last year, he was targeted 12 times, six catches, 48 yards. Against Slay, specifically, six targets, one catch, seven yards, and two interceptions from Kirk Cousins. Primetime Kirk, week two, Monday night a year ago. And I, I don't know what the Vikings are going to plan to do. You know, that game from last year, there they are, white on white. Oh, I love that look. It is only great. I love the yellow year. cleats with but, it, too. But, but... You know, there was a moment where Ed Ingram dropped a pass right in his hands, and if he catches it and possibly rumbles into the end zone, that's a different game. Yeah, they let them hang around. Go. There's moments, right. there's flash. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but it just it became a suffocation after that, and Darius Slay really, and I think in hindsight, when you look at the year Justin Jefferson had, it made his performance, Slay's performance against Jefferson Week 2, even more impressive because nobody shut this guy down. The guy was the Offensive Player of the Year. He was... He was on pace late in the year to catch Calvin Johnson's single-season receiving yardage record. So what Slay did in Week 2 was amazing. But Slay's now a year older. He almost yeah. wasn't on the team this year. They had to do some some abracadabra yeah, on his contract. Right. And remember, there was a period where uh, the negotiations got to the point where they were trying to trade him or they were going to cut him, and right. that was like the last shot aimed at getting him to accept whatever it was they were trying to do. But you know, there's no guarantee he's going to be physically able to do what he did last year, and Jefferson's another year into his prime. So I think it's going to be difficult for Slay to replicate what he did last year. But that's just a subplot to the fact that, you know, we talk about tail of the tape and checking boxes. I mean, you put the Eagles roster up against the Vikings and you start checking boxes. Good luck, Vikings. Good luck tonight in Philadelphia for their home opener where they are the superior team on paper. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, as we discussed all along, the Eagles still have the best roster in the NFL, at least, you know, okay, it's debatable. The 49ers, the the Dolphins, the Cowboys, they're probably right there in that conversation. I think it's those teams, though. I think that, that would probably be the teams that just about everybody would kind of throw out at you. you know, Darius Slay is a hell of a football player. He is. You know, but like, let, let's not forget that the, that game a little bit there. I mean, those interceptions, first off, some of them were just, you know, Justin Jefferson does the wrong thing, right? And they just deliver it to him. He doesn't cross his face. He has to cross his face. We broke that down. This is a, like a rule number one on this route. Double post, West Coast offense. He's got to cross his face. He screwed over Kirk Cousins there. Kirk Cousins on the other one, right? It was just dumb, bad throw throw it up in the air under pressure, and then that's the other part of this. You know, how many times did they drop back to throw in that game? I, I, I looked, yes, last night, 27, I mean 47, 46 times. He had, he had no time either. That was the other issue. So you know, he was dropping back and having to get the ball out of his hands quickly. That's where the game can be a little different, Mike, is one, Bradbury's out tonight, right? Darius Slay, like you're saying, year older, 
Okay, it is a new defensive scheme there a little bit in Philadelphia. And your Minnesota Vikings football team, the one thing I'll say about them, I wish they could run the ball better, but they can pass protect really damn well. They really can. Your two tackles are legit. Your interior part of your O-line, it's certainly not bad. I know it's not one of the best in football, but it's good. And that, from that standpoint, you know, and then, of course, you add on Kevin O'Connell and his offensive genius and Kirk Cousins when he does have time, like you always talk about. You know, he's not going to make plays happen outside the pocket, but if he has a pocket and he can decipher and look at things, that's where he can be dangerous, and that's where I'll give them a little bit of a fighting chance that's different than last year is I do think they'll be in a different spot with their offensive line, you know, at least blocking this group in Philadelphia. Alexander Madison had 11 carries for 34 yards, 3.1 per carry, a long of nine yeah. on Sunday against yeah, the Yeah, they couldn't get the Ty run Chandler game going had at all. three carries for zero yards, and it was the kind of game where – it's not like you had to abandon the run. It, it was a well, the, game where the Vikings, I think, felt the same kind of frustration that Josh Allen and the Bills did on the field. That's, that's right. This game by 17 They were going points, up and down and the they field. Kept forcing exactly things. right. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, they, yeah. uh, you're saying but, it, right? But also, yeah. go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Also, this Kevin O'Connell offense doesn't prioritize the run game, it just doesn't. No. No, you're right. I, I wish they would a little bit. I think it would, you know, take a little pressure off of everybody. And, and, of course, I think it would open up some opportunities more for Justin Jefferson downfield and, and plays of that nature. But, yeah, they, they're, they're a little bit on, okay, hey, we don't run the ball that well, so what? We'll find a pass to get five yards right here and be in second and five that way rather than running up the middle and hoping we get five yards. So, so they, they've played that angle a little bit. They're pretty damn good at it, too. It's just that we know they're going against a team tonight that's got eight starting defense alignment. I mean, it's le- legitimately eight. Like, their backups would start for most teams in football. That's what's scary about them, right? But hopefully, you know, if you're the Vikings, you can throw the ball on them a little bit like we talked about. The safeties are kind of new there, right? They got a new, some new middle linebackers. N'Kobe Dean got put on IR. And you hope to just be able to go, hey, our system hanging around and maybe we can still catch Philadelphia a little bit on this. You know, Philadelphia wasn't Philadelphia all that last week. You know, I'm it, Super Bowl hangover, whatever it is, finding your mojo after a year like you did last year. You know, will they find it tonight? I don't know. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see. They're certainly going to be energized by their home crowd. We know that. But what I'm saying is your Vikings, let's not totally count them out. They can make this fun and interesting. Two new coordinators for the Eagles. That's part of the work in progress as they adjust to life at the bottom of the mountain after you climbed to the top and almost got to the summit, but the Chiefs took it away from you. Injuries relevant to the Vikings offensive line tonight. You mentioned that they can pass block. The run blocking is the issue. Garrett Bradbury out with a back injury. Christian Derisaw left tackle is questionable oh, that'll with hurt. an ankle. And oh. this is that short week turnaround. This yeah. is one of the realities because they can cite all the stats they want. Well, the injury rate is no different on Thursday than it is on Sunday. No, but when a guy's injured from Sunday, maybe he would have played if the game was on Sunday. But when you expect him to play four days later, he's not going to be ready to go. That reality doesn't fit into their hand-picked statistic to justify short week poop fest, as, as Richard Sherman called it before he was getting paid by Thursday Night Football. He doesn't call it that now. Before he was getting paid by Amazon for Thursday Night Football, it was poop fest. Now it's, it's just my paycheck. <laughs> but that's the reality. 
You got guys who are injured. And, and look, half the players, roughly, over the years, half the players like it because it's an easy week of practice. They get a mini-buy on the back end. Half the players hate it. The guys who hate it are the guys who would have played on Sunday and can't. They're among those who hate it. I would have been able to play on Sunday. I can't. So if we don't see Darisaw tonight, maybe we would have seen him if this was a Sunday game. But uh, so be it. But that, that factors into how much time Kirk Cousins is going to have how much Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler can do in the run game and what that 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 rotation of eight defensive linemen yeah is able to do right to create havoc and force Kirk Cousins to just kind of throw it away or fall down or do whatever because he doesn't have the mobility right generally not like Mahomes Allen and others to get away from that pressure and make things happen yeah no it, it, it's a, that's that's the big one to me you know of course Bradbury hurts but the the Darisaw thing is he's really damn good. I mean, Darisaw has kind of proven that I mean, he might be the best pass-protecting left. Well, you know, the, the other guy in, in, in uh, the Chargers is really damn good, too. But from that draft, damn, he, he, they, they hit it. So uh, th- that would be huge because, of course, yeah, uh, he's a guy that you can go, whoever it is out there, we don't have to worry about helping him. He can handle it. And, and to lose that, then, yeah, maybe you lose a back in pass protection or now we got to keep the tight end in the block a little bit more and that becomes an issue. And, yeah, well, your point with Thursday night football, too, is, yeah, maybe he would have been able to play Sunday if they had the extra days, right? That, that, that's certainly a thing. Or now he's going to play and suck it up and hurt his ankle even more because it didn't get to a point of you know healing yet to where now it's going to be even more damaged for week three. And, and that that's the problem with Thursday night football. But again, that's that's the way it is. And you know the that Vikings offense, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see them move the ball down the field a little bit here tonight if that O line and Darisaw are playing. I wouldn't. And then the other thing, Mike, I'll say to you is, I do think your defense is going to be better than last year. I saw enough last week to know they're going to be better. That is for sure. And you got some better people up front. I think that make your matchup against Philly, especially a little bit more realistic than, than it was last year where we kind of went into the game going, I don't think the Vikings really got a chance against this group. Before we pivot to the Vikings defense against the Eagles offense, here's a point that Pete Demolitis added to the document that we use to communicate in real time as we work our way through the show. 17 run plays, 46 pass plays last week for the Vikings against Tampa Bay in a game that was never more than a one-score margin. They were never down to the point where you just say forget the run. So this is the post-Dalvin Cook. This is why they didn't want to pay Dalvin Cook $10 million. Well, they yeah, don't prioritize right. the run game. Well, and, so and, yeah. uh, well, they got to make it go with right. Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and company. Yeah, and I'm not mad at that stat. I'm not mad. I mean, again, if you go back and watch the game like we've talked about, they, his Kirk Cousins in the first half, his stats, they were moving the ball up and down the field. We talked about it, I think, yesterday, or it was Tuesday, where, we, yeah, the Vikings should have been mad because they should have been up by 10, 14 points at halftime. And that's where they lost the game. You know, the, how they moved the ball in the first half of the game and the points and the production they had to show for it did not match up, and that's where they blew it. Uh, and then in the second half, yeah, you get one long drive in the third quarter, and the second, and then in the fourth quarter, their defense didn't get off the field one, you know, one or two times, and they went three and out, and that was ball game. So you know, it just kind of fell away from them that way. But yeah, I, I think you're right that they want to throw the ball. They're going to throw the ball three out of every four times. That's really the way they want to play. And maybe they'll have a surprise for the Eagles tonight. Maybe it was a setup. Maybe they plan to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Maybe number thirty-two. 
Ty Chandler will end up being the star. Maybe this is something that I'm trying to get the universe. Talk into an existence. Just like manifest. Yes. All right. So the Eagles offense versus the Vikings defense. You mentioned already the fact that Brian Flores is there as defensive coordinator. And we saw what Bill Belichick was able to do to take some of the steam out of the Eagles offense last week. Maybe Flores picks up some of that stuff. Chris, here's my biggest concern about our guy, Brian Flores, of whom we are both big fans. This Baker Mayfield cracking the code and figuring out what their tendencies and what their calls were. I mean, what the hell is that? How do you let that happen? How do you let that happen well, I, if you're Brian Flores and the Vikings? I, I mean, I don't know to what extent here. I mean, first off, he he cracked the code for 21 of 34 for 173? Oh, my gosh. Still won the game. I know, but you know, to what extent was the code cracked? Did he steal one signal and it helped them one play? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. You know, again, that that's where I, I, I don't know what to make of that story totally yet. I, I, I'm going to have to hear more there, right? I know he won the game and did that, but, but you know, still. I, 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 will Minnesota have to ch- look at that and look at changing signals? Sure, yes. You know, but to, to what extent that really played a factor in the game? Yeah, I don't know. That's hard for me to dictate. They're obviously got to do something there. Baker and company obviously picked up something. We know that. But I do think at the, you know, the end of the day, the defense was better or looked better and has more of a chance to match up against different offenses in football because of the coaching and the personnel as compared to last year. The uh, reality was early on when the Vikings offense just couldn't get going and Kirk Cousins got blown up by Antoine Winfield and gave the Buccaneers the ball right. deep in Minnesota territory. Yeah. The defense bailed them out in a way that last year it never, never did. Ever, That's ever right. would have happened. Right. They would have they would have fallen way behind and then it would have been for the offense to do like they did against the Colts and find a way to pull a big old rabbit out of the hat or elsewhere. So uh, the but but that that's what's so weird about week one, the offense was so different than it was last year, and the defense was different in a good way. But this whole May and Mayfield talked about it yesterday. I think he would have preferred that Rashad White yeah didn't say about that it. for sure. Rashad White's the one who let the cat out of the bag, right? And I'm sure the Eagles would prefer that that the Vikings didn't have reason to try to spend some time during these limited hours between Sunday to Thursday night trying to make sure that this doesn't happen again. But uh, it, it is good that the Vikings are at least aware of it. Because yes. if it happens again tonight, it's on them. Yeah, It's already on them, but it's really on them if it happens again tonight. No, no I mean, yeah, no question. And, and and I would think that, you know, Brian, knowing Brian Flores and, and, and them reading that, they'll, they'll do their due diligence and try to figure that out. Uh, you're right. I mean, Baker Mayfield, you know, because now whoever plays Baker Mayfield in the Bucks, they're going to be looking for that too. Wait, do we change our signals? They're looking to steal signals, do all that stuff. So, yeah, you'd rather that probably not be said. But all in all, the defense was totally different. The defense was not the problem with the football game. Again, signals stolen or not, we're talking about one drive in the second half that was really significant. That was it. You know, the other drive was a 10-play, 38-yard drive for a field goal for 50 yards, right? The, the, no, wait, wait, wait. There the, were two significant drives. 
The nine-minute drive that resulted in the touchdown, 17-10. Right. And then the drive at the end of the game where they didn't give the Vikings the ball back. Okay. I mean, yeah, 38 yards there. Down, yeah, 10 plays, 38 down. yards. That's right. what I just said. Right. So, I mean, but still, that's what we're – No, but that wasn't a field goal drive. That was the kill the clock, you know, rip their heart out and show it to them. Oh, that drive. field – yeah, the, that was, that was the next Kirk drive. Cousins back on the The next field drive was that one. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. All right, but still, the, you're, the defense didn't lose the game. That that's That's the point there. The offense – effed up the game by turnovers and mistakes and giving the ball in short field and not ca- interception in the end zone. You, they let up 242 yards of total offense from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They outgained the Buccaneers by 127 yards. You know, there, there's, there's nothing there statistically that says they shouldn't have won the game. They kind of blew it by making mistakes. Now, we know that if they play that way tonight against this team, absolutely not going to win the football game. But let's see. Flores, like you said, against that a defense, right? Everybody in football has studied Philadelphia this offseason. So that's what's going to be interesting. Let alone Shane Steichen's not there, and he was special. We can't, like, just swipe that under the rug. The offense did not look the same in week one. It did not have the same flow and feel to it. So there is maybe some growing pains here, there a little bit, you know, and, uh, and, and, and of course, yeah, Flores and, and his pieces there. I think he, he's pretty creative he can have a, a scheme and some ideas that can make life hard on, on Philadelphia's offense. Last week for the Eagles, Kenneth Gainwell had 54 rushing yards on 14 carries. He's out for tonight due to injury. Jalen Hurts added 37 rushing yards and 170 passing yards, only 207 for a guy who was an MVP finalist last year. No receivers over 100 yards. Ball was spread around, but, yeah, it wasn't the offense we were used to. Now, look, they were up early. They were up 16 nothing, and they let – the Patriots get back into it, and that ended up being a much closer game than it should have been. And and they have to feel pretty good that they got out of there with a victory with the two new coordinators. They were outplayed, the reality, as you said. They were outplayed. You, you, the the what? Anytime there's the the bright new shiny object in the NFL, the thing that takes everyone by surprise, the next off season, all the defensive coordinators, yeah, are trying to figure out exactly what to do right to slow them down. And maybe Bill Belichick did give a blueprint. Now, you still have to have the players to implement that's, it. That's right. But Brian Flores will be able to turn on the film and see exactly what they did. And, okay, maybe we'll do that. Now, they, since they were doing the quick turnaround, Bucks eagles they probably spent a lot of time in the preseason, maybe even in the offseason once so. they saw how the Definitely. schedule was laid out, right. getting ready for the Eagles and coming up with their own plan. The question is, how much will Flores change his plan based upon what worked for Belichick? And you only have three days to do it. It really is. It, it really does put a lot on the coaching staff. Oh, it you does. Better, you better make good decisions about how you're going to spend your time and not sit there and fret that you don't have enough time. You just have to go. From the moment that game ends, week one, you got to go. And you got to focus on getting ready for the Thursday night game at Philadelphia. And you have to throw in the travel on top of it. Uh, that takes time. That takes away hours that you otherwise could be sitting at your desk watching film and grinding away. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And as you've said in the past, one of the reasons why Thursday night football at times isn't fun to watch, it doesn't work, is because the yeah. coaches haven't had the full opportunity exactly. to prepare the <clears throat> game plans and do everything that they would otherwise do on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in advance of a Sunday. That's game. right. Thursday night, a normal Thursday night in the NFL is 
coaches sit there and think and talk and go over how we're going to score points in the red zone. Everything gets rushed, the whole process. Now, to your point, there is a lot of teams in football that even at the end of OTAs, they spend time on let's break down our first three games of the year, right? Let's get a little bit, you know, some paperwork and a file to kind of jumpstart us that way. And I would think that week two Thursday that there was probably significant work done already on the Philadelphia Eagles by the Minnesota Vikings. I would think that, yes. And, you know, to your point, and Flores, can he take something from New England and what they did? Absolutely. There's no doubt he can do that. But the big thing is, yes, does he have the Jimmies and the Joes to execute the X's and O's there? That's going to be the thing to watch. You guys are better. We know that right? But is it good enough? And the one thing the Patriots have is they have a very good secondary. And then you heard me last week when I was talking about the matchup itself and why I thought the the Patriots could keep it close is they have some really big people up front. The Patriots got a a long list of guys that are 310, 315, 320. So they're not going to be physically pushed around. And that gave them some wiggle room with some other guys. Your Your Minnesota Vikings defensive front's not as big as that you got a pretty good group up there when you start to list up the names, but there's not a lot of depth behind it either. That's what scares me. To me, that'll be the key to the game. Can the Minnesota D-line, the four- or five-man fronts, can they kind of hold down the fort and keep the running game and Jalen Hurts' running game in check to a degree to where you don't have to compromise to such an extent to now it's, wait, you know, corner that's not supposed to be guarding A.J. Brown man-to-man is guarding A.J. Brown man-to-man, and that's scary. And that's that's what you're trying not to get to if you're Minnesota. Meanwhile, I've taken a look at the Eagles' schedule, and, man, they have an opportunity to – It's like, it's an easy really – one of the easiest in football here, again. Really. It's oh, one of, just like last gosh. year. I know. To, to start off. Right. To start off. Right. They're at the Bucks on Monday night, so they get an extra day on the back end after this short week game. They've got Washington. They're at the Rams. And then it gets a little more difficult week six at the Jets, but not as difficult as it would have been. It would have been, exactly right. Dolphins week seven. Right. At the Commanders, again, they don't see the Cowboys until week nine, then they have a week ten bye. So the Eagles have a chance to really get things started like they did last year. And they need to because the Cowboys, based on what we saw week one. Yeah, they look real. They're going to be there. The 49ers seem to be ready to to kick some ass throughout the NFC and maybe in the Super Bowl this year. All right, let's go ahead. And take a break. Okay. When we return, the Chiefs are happy. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Chris Jones is back, and he spoke to reporters yesterday. We'll let you hear what he had to say next here on this Thursday edition of PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.